0: What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Building Efficiency Podcast presented by Nenny & Associates. I'm your host, Jim Schaefer. Now, if this is your first time tuning in, Nenny & Associates is an executive search firm focused on the building efficiency industry, hence why we named the podcast the way that we did. And simply put, we help our clients find the right talent. And each week we sit down with leaders from the industry to discuss their backgrounds, how they got started and where they see the industry heading. We also get to know them and find out what drives them to be successful. And on today's episode, episode 37, we sit down with Heidi Kurtz from Naesco. Really cool conversation talking about her background and how she got started in her career and how landing at Naesco is, is really bringing her career full circle in the energy industry. You'll, of course, want to stick around to hear what she wants her lasting legacy to be as well. That was a really cool part of our conversation. Now, if you haven't done so already, be sure to subscribe to our channel and consider downloading this episode and future episodes. This is really the only way that we can track how many people are actually listening. So if you're one of those people who are streaming the episodes, I urge you to consider hitting that download button instead. And if you're enjoying this episode, please share it and leave a five-star review. Now we think you're really going to enjoy this conversation between Heidi and I. So let's drop in. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to the Building Efficiency Podcast. Today, we're sitting down with Heidi Kurtz, who is the Senior Director of Membership and Communications at NAESCO. Heidi, welcome to the show.
1: Thank you. Glad to be here.
0: Yeah, I'm glad we we made this happen. And I wasn't sure because I know you're located and are based in the Washington, D.C. area and everything that's happening right now. i glad to hear that you're, you're safe. And uh, so far, everything's uh, good on your end, right?
1: Yes, indeed. I've been a long-time DC resident, so I've seen a lot in the over the years.
0: Yeah, <laughs> I can I can with imagine no
1: exception this past couple of weeks.
0: <laughs> yeah, crazy craziness that's happening. But I promise we're not going to spend our podcast time talking about everything that's happening in in the DC <laughs> area right now. But I'm sure our audience was- is going to. Yeah, yeah, our audience is going to be curious to. Uh, to get to know you. So let's let's start there. Can you tell us a little bit about your background, where you grew up, and then kind of how you got started in your career?
1: Sure, um, I was born in Kalamazoo, Michigan, but we did not stay there very long. Both my parents are from Michigan. Um, we moved around a bit, lived in Germany for a year even. My parents were teachers and um, teaching jobs were kind of sparse in the back in the day. And uh, so they kind of followed the job market, New York, Germany, then Ohio, ultimately. And that's where I really grew up in Port Clinton, Ohio, which is a small town on Lake Erie. Um, It's very close to a world famous amusement park called Cedar Point. So that was fun to grow up on the Great Lake and, you know, just that. So After college, I went to Ohio University in Athens, Ohio. I'm a proud Bobcat. And after college, I moved to D.C. basically to try to find a job in a recession and in the early 90s. (laughs) But um, that was a bit rough at first, but um, I stuck with it and joined my alumni group and got involved in that. And that kind of helped me network a bit. And I ended up at a small trade association called the Electricity Consumers Resource Council, which at the time was kind of involved. They represented large industrial plants and and things like that, like steel plants and when there still were some <laughs> chemical plants, things like that, they used a lot of electricity. And their their whole thing was to try to buy choose where they bought their electricity from, which was called retail wheeling. And it was before deregulation and all that. So anyway, it still exists as far as I know. <laughs> and that was my first delve into anything energy related. And then I kind of went off of, off of that topic and became a nonprofit professional doing conference planning and membership and fundraising for various organizations, both trade associations and nonprofit charitable organizations. And then about five years ago, I ended up at NASCO.
0: So it came full circle then. Your first job in your did. career, energy electricity related, and then here with NASCO. So that's uh that's pretty cool. Was that planned? Was that intended or is that just <laughs> kind of happenstance?
1: Well, back when I was searching For this job, um, I was interested in getting into something energy related because it seemed like that's where things were going, at least at the time. Um, (laughs) got a little bit of a respite, I think, on some stuff, at least in our area. Um, But obviously, you know, energy efficiency was something I didn't know a whole lot about, but it uh, it's very important and what we're doing, our members are doing, I think is very relevant. And so I was excited to be here. Um, our membership's pretty diverse as far as the actual people in it. I mean, we have a weird combination of like engineers and salespeople, but somehow it all works and it's a fun group.
0: Yeah, I know a lot of the the members from Naesco have been on our uh, on our podcast here so it's been uh, it's been super insightful to hear everyone's perspective and and that's why it was really great to to have you on so you know if you could maybe just give us a, a peek inside the uh, the inner workings of Naesco I mean what are you guys rolling out what are you guys up to now is there anything that you know maybe you could just bring our audience up to speed on
1: Sure so as you know our our main areas of focus are advocacy in the Both federally and in the states, and ensuring that our our business and our projects are happening and robust and viable in every state eventually is the goal. Um, We have uh, a lot of educational opportunities within NASCO, and finding ways for people to get together virtually has been a challenge, obviously, this past year. So we've been working on bringing folks together more often. Um, we've increased the number of webinars we offer from four a year to about 11 or 12. And those have been wildly successful um, despite what you hear about virtual meeting and Zoom fatigue. Uh, we've had record numbers attend our webinars this past year and I'm grateful for that. So it's keeping people engaged and up to date on some of the latest technologies and things like that. Uh, We have, normally we have three major events a year. We have our federal market workshop, which will be virtual this year. That was last year. I think that was the last event anyone attended in our industry.
0: Oh yeah. That was like January, February timeframe. March. March. Okay. Right before
1: things started to shut down. Yeah. I think I remember that. um, It was, we pulled it off and it was great. And, We didn't get any like calls saying, I got, I got COVID at your event. So we lucked out on that. Um, And then we do something in June. Typically uh, it's been focused on technology and financing. Although this year we might change that up a little bit. We're hopeful we can try to do something in person, but it's not looking so great right now, but cautiously optimistic and then we have our major conference and trade show every year except last year (laughs) Uh, called our r3 conference and show and renovate retrofit reduce and that's a great event and it's scheduled for november in austin which should be fun so those are our typical things we also have an accreditation program which is voluntary but a lot of our members do that so they can kind of set themselves apart from the competition going through a pretty rigorous accreditation process. So those are our typical things. The new initiatives we have is I've been working on ways to get our affiliate membership, which is like manufacturers and suppliers and other service providers to get together with our more. ESCO type members or full members, as we call them um, as a category, engineering companies and things like that. And so we're doing, we ran out of a pilot last December on a virtual focus group, as we call it. And that was very successful. And so I'm starting to schedule more of those to get, you know, foster business development between our two two major types of memberships we have. Um, We're also uh, working on some a a program to kind of really assess and see what the capabilities of all of our members are, because I don't think even within our membership, everyone's aware of all the things our members can do, and so that's a really important project this year, as well as um, an awards program, which is new for NASCO to recognized projects and also years of membership and things like that. So we're and we're using our affiliate members to help us launch these things. So that's really a lot of the new stuff. Oh and I also want to start a member orientation program. We haven't done that in the past and I think it's important to onboard new members and Especially those that are unfamiliar, not as familiar with our market and our membership types, and 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 what NaESCO does and what they can do to make the most out of their membership with us. So that those are some new things we have on the horizon.
0: Very cool. And I wanted to go back to the the big conference that's in November. I know it seems like it's a it's a long way away, but is every intention at this point to have that one live in Austin? Yes. Okay, it might look (laughs) a little bit different, right? You know, it's like uh, wearing a mask at a conference. I'm sure there's still going to be all those mandates and all that stuff, right?
1: Yes, Um, we're hoping since it's in Austin in November, it might still be the weather down there might be good enough to have some social events events outdoors. And uh, you know, we're working on finalizing our. We had a contract for last year in Austin, so we're renegotiating that and you know they've been holding the space for us so we're hopeful and I think people will be ready to I think travel so too try something different <laughs> and see some people so I'm I'm hopeful we can do that we may have to record some sessions make them available for people who cannot travel or don't you know wish to not do that so we'll do what we can to make it as accessible as possible.
0: Yeah, I think everyone will definitely be ready for it at, at that point. So um yeah, my myself selfishly, right, I'll, I'll be I'll be looking forward to that conference as well. So hopefully everything is a is a green light. So all right so let's transition so you mentioned uh, a lot of the the affiliates that you're working with and interacting with and that may be a, a good launching point for just kind of like zooming out and looking at where you see the future of the industry heading right especially like a lot of the affiliates are going to be like finance companies or technology companies or engineering companies certain products or suppliers so like maybe you could look at it from that lens or just like an overall trend standpoint but Heidi where do you see the industry heading
1: Well I think our our industry is very relevant right now, as we hear more about rebuilding our infrastructure and uh, offsetting greenhouse gases and things like that. Our our members are perfectly positioned to help in that effort through building efficiency, and I think you know, and resiliency. You hear that a lot. Um, you know, hoping to make extreme the impact of extreme weather events less impactful (laughs) Um, and our members are also good at that and i also feel that with the health and safety of buildings being so important right now particularly in the schools where many of our members do their the bulk of their projects um, i think working with schools and figuring out a way to make classrooms and that environment safe for students and teachers will be a priority and very important for our membership in the future, now and in the future.
0: Yeah, and that goes beyond just energy energy reduction, energy efficiency, right? Because the whole concept of making the schools safer, at least from an air quality standpoint, requires more energy to do that. So, I think it's, it's forcing a lot of these ESCOs to become truly more consultative in their approach.
1: Yes, um, I think that's. That's you do hear that that the efficiency stuff kind of this cost savings is hard to manage when you have to bring on some of these new technologies and things to make the air quality better. But it's doable, and I think our members will lead the charge on finding ways to do that. I mean we have a lot of new technologies coming to our membership, um, power management, duct sealing, um, you know, Solutions through steam and water systems, Mm -hmm. uh, which all of that and compressed air, like all of that is energy saving, but it's also can tie in UV lighting, things like that tie in with health and safety in the buildings. So
0: we'll,
1: we'll see a lot more of that, I'm sure
0: yeah I, I think it's cool and i think uh, there's probably some some engineers there that are kind of like rubbing their hands together like hey we got a new challenge we got something that we can we can tackle and take on and it's forcing them to uh to crank their brains a little bit more so uh it'll be interesting to see what what comes out of this so so cool no i appreciate your your perspective on that and what i wanted to do here was just transition to the last part of the show is the same four questions that I asked to, to every guest who comes on and i wanted to start off here and ask you heidi what are your daily non-negotiables
1: well i I think for me, I try to have humor and laughter each day no <laughs> matter what, how hard the day is. That's very important. And also, if I make a mistake, I own up to it, and I think that's important for especially working with colleagues and or friends or any relationships, really. Um, I think trying to stay positive especially in this past year, um, is always a good thing. Uh, And so, you know, I think just trying to have a good outlook and do as much as I can to benefit our organization and have some integrity within what I do on a day-to-day basis is important.
0: Can't argue with that. So let's uh, let's rewind the clock. You're graduating from Ohio University. <laughs> I think you said right. OK, so 22 yeah, year old Heidi. Not
1: Ohio, yeah, not Ohio State. Not Ohio State.
0: That's, that's all right. OK. All right. All right. Well, I'm, I went to Northern Illinois University, so I'm, I'm a Mac conference guy myself. Yay! So, yeah, exactly. Exactly. People try to give me credit for going to Northwestern University. And I'm like, no. To Northern Illinois it wasn't yeah, the that smart Sports
1: part wasn't as great, but, you know, we've had our moments here. And yeah. Then. Yeah. Well, don't
0: don't <laughs> undersell Maction. Right. The Tuesday night That's football right. games during the during the football <laughs> season. Uh, those those put Mac on the map. So. Uh, so what what advice would you give your 22 year old self?
1: I think take a few more chances and risks and also to join the Peace Corps, because I had always wanted to do that. And I kind of wish I had done that.
0: Okay. Well, never too late to take some more risks, right?
1: You can, you can join the Peace Corps at any age, pretty much. So maybe that'll be my retirement
0: (laughs) goal. (laughs) There there you go. There you go. It's never, (laughs) never too late. Right. Um, Well, what, uh, what motivates you? What gets you out of bed in the morning?
1: Well, I think a big thing, I'm a very people person, a very people person oriented and, Which is why I like what I do so much. Um, Under normal circumstances, I have a lot more interaction, both in person and I mean, not now, it's more virtual, but with our members and people interested in our industry. And so I really thrive on that. And I have missed meeting people in person, obviously, but even virtually on Zoom calls and everything, getting to see our members regularly has really kept me going. And I think, um, and also finding ways to stay busy in my personal time, um, I've taken up biking through this pandemic, which I used to have a bike years ago and it sat in the basement for like 10 years. And I rode a bike as a kid all the time and I just never got back into it. Maybe because I live in the city, it's a little more challenging. But now D.C. has bike lanes everywhere. They have wonderful bike trails all around the city and um, Maryland and Virginia. And I've really been exploring that with the group I have. We're called the Saturday Bike Crew. So I've been doing that. All year, uh, and it's been great.
0: <laughs> that's cool. That's cool. It's uh, it's funny how a, a pandemic like this has um, uncovered a lot of these like these interests that we all had. It just kind of brought it to the surface. So that's uh that's pretty neat. Uh, well, last last question here. What do you want your lasting legacy to be?
1: Well, I think for me, volunteering is very important, and it's a big part of my my time. Um, Personally, personal time um, about 20 some years ago, I helped found a small small charitable organization called the Eric Fund. And ever since we started, we've been helping people in the DC, Maryland, Virginia area who have people with disabilities who need assistive technology to make their lives more independent. And so I've been working with that group since we started. It's very rewarding, and I think having, being remembered for being, you know, caring for the well-being of others and doing my job well are important to me for my legacy. I guess. Yeah,
0: that's that's powerful. Being of service to others, Um, absolutely. Well, I think that's a perfect way to uh, to wrap up the show here, Heidi. Thanks a lot for the time and, and thanks for coming on the podcast. Thank you. All Happy right.
1: 2021, everyone. Let's hope it gets gets keeps getting better.
0: <laughs> Absolutely. I, I think it will. All right. Thanks, Heidi. Thank you. All right. There you have it. Episode 37 with Heidi Kurtz. I hope everyone enjoyed this episode as much as I did. And if you did enjoy it, please be sure to subscribe to our channel wherever you enjoy listening to your favorite podcast. We hope you're sharing this with your friends and colleagues. And one last thing, if you have any future guests in mind from the industry, please reach out to me. We'd love to hear from you loyal listeners. So until next time, I'm Jim Schaefer, and we'll catch you on the next episode.